Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I am so glad to have you here with us. Hey, if this is your first time listening to an episode, I just want to say welcome. Thanks for being here. And today we're going to be talking about the different seasons of life that God leads us into. Not ironically, we are in a new season. Spring has officially sprung in Oklahoma. And I know that because my neighbors have started mowing their lawns. And, you know, there's a little secret that I have when I record a podcast in the springtime or summertime, almost without fail, I will get out all my podcast equipment at the moment that one of my neighbors is mowing their lawn. And, you know, sound quality is important to me and it cracks me up every time that I will have to wait until they're done mowing their lawn so that you don't hear the rumblings and the the mechanical sounds in the background as you listen to me. It happened today. I was driving somewhere this morning and just really felt God drop this idea into my mind for an episode and thought, you know what? I really sensed the Lord on that. Got out all the equipment. Sure enough, hear the mower get going and had to wait. And so yeah, spring is officially here. So just know that if you're hearing this podcast from about March until August, you're probably hearing a dance for where I have had to navigate around my neighbors wanting beautiful lawns. But just in the way that spring has officially sprung, I'm in a new season of my life right now. And what I know to be true is that we need awareness about the seasons of life that God brings us into. If we don't understand the season that we're in, then I think we'll really struggle to comprehend who God is being to us in this season of our life. I don't know if you're familiar with the idea of spiritual seasons, but essentially God likes to do things in themes. So when we talk about seasons, that's really what we're saying, that there's a theme that God is working into your life. You may have heard someone say, yeah, I'm just in a season of rest right now, or I'm in a season of you know, exploration, or I'm in a season of fill in the blank. We're all in a season of something that God is trying to do. So there's a lot of different seasons out there. Today, I want to just explore two in particular, and I want to make a note of two others, just in case you're curious what types of things God can be doing as he moves in us. One of the themes that God will do, one of the seasons he takes us into, is a season of discipline. And discipline happens when we've been making choices that aren't great, And the Lord is wanting to help us make better choices. So here's what I know to be true. The Bible tells us that God only disciplines the ones he loves. So what does this mean? If you are being disciplined, that means that God loves you and he believes there's good things in store for your future. This is so important because what you and I want to think is that we're being disciplined because we did something wrong, because God is mad at us, because God is, you know, disappointed in some way. But the reality is if we're being disciplined by God, it's because he sees value in you. He sees enough value to put in the time to help you grow. And that is awesome. Any spiritual hero that you have goes through seasons of discipline. And I use that as present tense. There is no point that we get to where we are not disciplined anymore. Otherwise, You guessed it, God would not be loving us. So if we want to be loved by God, if God is loving us, which we know he is, then seasons of discipline are inevitable. 
Another really common season we go through are seasons of rest. These are like the times where God is saying, look, it's okay for you to not be involved in every single thing your church is doing. These are seasons where God is saying, look, it's okay for our relationship to look a little bit different. It's okay for you to encounter me in different ways. When we're in a season of rest, essentially God is healing something inside of us. Sometimes we're aware of what that is and sometimes we're not. My seasons of rest that I've been through are some of my favorite seasons, although I was resistant quite a bit at the beginning. I just felt like rest was unnecessary. I didn't see the value in it. But what I see now all these years later is that if I don't know how to tap into rest, I can't continue to run because there's going to be days where you're tired. There's days where you're weary. There's days where you have doubts and all of this in a spiritual sense, not an exercise sense. And so we have to learn how to tap into the rest of God. There are other seasons as well. But the two that I want to highlight today are the seasons of learning and the seasons of implementation. These two, I don't think, get enough airtime. I don't think there's enough out there that we understand about what God is doing when we're in a season of learning and what he's doing when we are in a season of implementation. So let me just do a brief overview of what these two are, and then we'll kind of dive in. When you're in a season of learning, you are doing just that. God is teaching something to you. It is often knowledge-based. This might be when you're reading a book and you're learning something about who God is. You're reading something, you're listening to this podcast, and you're learning about a nature, a characteristic of God's nature, something that he wants to bring into your life. It's as simple as that. You're learning. You're growing. But then, after every season of learning comes this hidden season called implementation. And I don't know that I've ever heard pastors or, you know, spiritual leaders talk about this. Once God has taught you something, he wants you to actually do that thing he's taught you. Shocker, I know. But look, the Bible is really clear. We're not supposed to just be hearers of the word. We're supposed to be doers of the word. In other words, when God is speaking something to us, the expectation is that we do something about what we are hearing. We do something with what we are learning. I love how Graham Cook, one of my personal heroes, says it. He says, when you are a lawyer, even though you have all the degrees and you're there, right, you've arrived at being a lawyer, you still practice law. That's what they call it, practicing law. When you're a doctor, you're board certified, you're past medical school, you're, you're, you know, you're doing it. You have your career as a doctor and yet you're practicing medicine. And so for you and I, we just think as Christians, then we just are Christians and we don't think about how we're still practicing Christianity. We're still practicing what it's like to follow Jesus. That's a season of implementation. So let's dive into a season of learning here for a second. Are you familiar with the concept of a wineskin? There's this interesting verse in Matthew, no, excuse me, it's Mark chapter 2, 22. And Jesus says, no one puts new wine in an old wineskin. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to guess that you, if you are a wine drinker, you don't drink your wine out of animal skin. I'm going to guess you get it from a bottle or maybe even from a box. I don't know. But back in the Bible days, they actually drank wine. They would pour wine out of animal skin. So you'd have an animal, often a goat, and they would take the skin, they'd clean it off, and they would sew it into a bag, and then they would put wine in it. Now, there's a couple things about wine skins that are really important. Number one, wine skins begin when they're fresh. So the animal skin, as it ages, becomes hard, becomes a little bit more brittle. Think leather couch, Okay. 
So you want to put wine into a new wineskin, like it's a fresh bag. It's, um, I don't want to say newly killed, but I guess that's sort of what we're describing here. And you would put new wine in that, not old wine. Now, why? Here's a couple things that are interesting. New wine is in the fermenting process still. In other words, it is expanding and it is releasing gas bubbles that are expanding as well. So when you put wine into a wine skin, it begins to grow. In other words, the, the surface area that you need for that is going to be pressed upon by the gases that are inside. Now, maybe something like glass is not malleable, so it doesn't have that same effect, but for... Um, that day in the Bible, those days, they would. this is what it was like. You would put wine into a wineskin, and then over time, as the bag held that wine, it would expand. And then it would become hard. So an old wineskin was a bag that had wine in it for so long that the bag had shaped around and had been um, fixed. In other words, it wasn't pliable anymore. It had a fixed shape. Once the new wine had become regular or old wine, the wine skin had a definite shape that could not be changed. So this is important because you wouldn't put new wine into an old wine skin because the new wine in its process of growth would actually crack and break and threaten the outer exterior of the skin as a whole. This has a huge spiritual parallel for you and I. What Jesus is saying is making an observation that you would never put new wine into an old wineskin. And in the same way, God does not put the things he's teaching you into an old system. What God is teaching you when you are in a season of learning is about to be poured into a new wineskin. This is really interesting to me because when I think about wineskins, I can't help but think that something had to die to make that container possible. Something, usually a goat, maybe a sheep, had to die so that the wine could be held in a container that could support what was happening. Now, I know in the wine world, old wine has a tremendous value. But what Jesus is pointing to is that there is a lot of value on the new wine, on the new thing that God is leading you into. And in the way that an old wineskin becomes brittle, it becomes obsessed with its shape. It becomes fixed, immovable. You and I need to allow God to bring new wineskins into our lives when he deems that necessary. This often comes with change. This often comes with a change, even just in our daily schedule. When we're in a season of learning, God is bringing revelation. He's bringing information for you so that you will have a value for what he wants to pour out. But when you move into that season of implementation, that new wine is being poured out and God expects us to maintain a malleable, pliable state so that we can make space for what he's trying to do. Let's make this super practical for a second. Let's say that you are growing in your spiritual gifts. Let's say you've done a spiritual gift assessment or, you know, you've been practicing a certain spiritual gift like prophecy and you're wanting to become more accurate in the things you prophesy. You're wanting to hear God more clearly. Well, don't be surprised when he begins to pour out his quote unquote new wine into a new wineskin. 
maybe the way that you grow and sort of level up, for lack of a better way of saying it, maybe the way you come into a greater ability to hear and discern God's voice comes through a completely different routine, a different methodology, a different perspective. That's what we're talking about here with the wineskin. Every season of learning that we're in, when God is going to great lengths to teach you something, be ready because you're going to have to get a new wineskin. And when you get that new wineskin, there's probably a little bit of death involved. I'm not necessarily talking about physical death, of course. I'm talking about spiritual death. The Bible is chocked full of invitation and encouragement to die to ourself, to come to a place where we surrender, to come to the end of ourselves so that we can pick up our life in him. I think that's partly why the beauty of the wineskin is so interesting to me, because you only have a wineskin when there's death present. That animal had to die to make space for the new thing God wants to do. In your life, something might have to die. It might be a relationship. It might be a something you just are entertained by. It might be a rhythm of your life. But to go forward into what he wants you to do, everything you've been learning about, something's going to have to change. So let's talk for a second about these seasons of implementation. And like real talk moment, I do not like these seasons. I am much better at coming up with ideas. I love learning. But when I have to actually get inside that new wineskin, not so much. Maybe I don't like change on a personal level. Maybe I am a little bit more of a creature of habit than I care to give acknowledgement to. But either way, seasons of implementation can be really difficult. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to suggest that you struggle with one or the other of these two things, that you either struggle with the learning process. Maybe you just don't want to learn new things. Maybe you just feel like what you know is good enough. Maybe you feel kind of set in who you are, and, and I don't need to have the boat rocked to learn anything new. Or maybe you're like me and you say, look, I love to learn, but actually becoming that thing I'm learning is a whole other conversation. If we are in a season of learning, we have got to embrace the season of implementation. Here's what happens when the season changes. Just like how my quiet neighborhood became the sounds of multiple lawnmowers on random days. When we move seasons in the kingdom of God, in the spirit, for spiritual seasons, things happen differently. God is no longer, in a season of implementation, God is no longer telling you all the reasons why this new thing is so good. Now he's a little bit more silent. Why? Well, because he's giving you space to do something with everything he just said. Now, he might feel a little bit withdrawn. Is he withdrawn from you? No, we know that's not true biblically. But it might feel like that because he's giving you space to implement what you now know. Being able to discern which season you're in is so important because if you're like me, you just stumble upon the season of implementation. It's not like there's a graduation ceremony where God says, okay, Rachel, you've made it, you've learned, you've 
I don't know, passed the the test intellectually. Now you get to pass the test of whether you can actually do this and pats you on the back and clicks the little stopwatch, you know, at the starting line of a race or something like that and just sits back and waits. No, usually we stumble upon it like we fell off a cliff and all of a sudden what we loved about what we were learning and experiencing, revelation, and and your mind is electrocuted with just new ideas and, and connections of how God is wanting to do this. All of a sudden now you're falling down a cliff trying to figure out where is God? Where is God? Well, he's standing right there with you watching to see what are you going to do with all the revelation he just invested into you. So again, let's make this super practical. Let's go back to our experience about the prophetic. So you've been learning all the different ways that people hear from God. You've been learning all the different ways people have visions and how they share those. And now all of a sudden you're falling off the cliff and you're you're wondering where is God and he's wondering when you're going to share the things he's putting on your heart. He's wondering when you're going to make space to sit and wait in his presence. He's wondering when you're going to implement the things that you've learned. Now, I'm guessing you're feeling a little bit of pain. I'm feeling it even saying this stuff out loud. Again, I don't really like the seasons of implementation, but here's what I know to be true. Without them, we don't move forward. Without them, we just become spiritual blood-sucking leeches where we know so much, but our life doesn't match up with what we know, and then we become upside down, and everybody can see it, least of all us. Everybody else can look and say, wait a second, you're all knowledge. Your life doesn't look anything like what you know, and we're the blind ones because we won't participate with the implementation season. So I guess my question to you today is which is harder for you, implementing or learning? And my challenge for you today is don't avoid what God is trying to do in your life. Don't avoid God's timing. Don't don't prolong it. Like when it's, when it's time to implement, don't be, you know, saying, God, just keep teaching me. When it's, if you're on the other side of it, when it's time to start learning something new, don't resist the Lord bringing new ideas and new revelation into your life. I'm finding in my own personal life, if I can just be incredibly candid for a moment, that I'm pretty good at avoiding certain things God puts his finger on. And I avoid them in a way that I'm not even aware I'm avoiding them. It's like, yeah, yeah, I know that. But am I actually doing anything about that? I remember uh, I went through this phase where God was teaching me about sharing my faith with people around me, waiters, waitresses, that kind of thing, just being more open to engage in a conversation to spiritual things. And I was feeling so much fear about that. And I just began to learn. God brought me into the season, right? I'm learning, I'm hearing, I'm seeing all these different types of, of ways that you can strike up conversations like that. And I will never forget the moment that it was almost like a standoff between God and I. He was, he was just gracious and compassionate. And I was being like a rebellious 14-year-old saying, I'm not doing it, Lord. And I said, okay, God, all right, I don't want to avoid this any longer. I opened my mouth and had an an incredible moment of a divine encounter with someone. And I remember thinking to myself, I have to continue to implement this. It can't be a one-hit wonder thing. If I really want to grow to the next thing God wants to teach me, I have to actually do something with what he's already taught me. 
And I began to engage the awkwardness and have conversations with people that I could steer towards spiritual things. And they were really life-giving to me to where it's not as hard. Am I great at it? Not necessarily, but it's not as hard as it was before. Learning should always lead to implementation. So again, I want to challenge you. Don't avoid what God is trying to do. If you're in a season of rest and God has been saying, look, I want you to rest and you keep filling your schedule and you keep saying yes to everything that comes your way. What are you doing? You're avoiding what God is bringing you or trying to bring you into. If you're in a season of discipline and God is rebuking things and he's challenging you and he's got, you know, leaders in your life speaking into your life and 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 your go-to mechanism is to blame and not accept responsibility, what are you doing? Well, you're avoiding what God is wanting to do. If you're in a season of learning and you just keep implementing the last thing that he taught you, if you're in a season of, of implementing and you just want to keep learning, again, don't avoid God's timing. Don't avoid the season God is leading you into. He is such a good father. He is such a good leader. He knows exactly what you need to get to where you're going. And where are you going? To Into a greater reflection of him. There's no real arrival in the kingdom of God. If you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you know I genuinely believe that. We're not trying to become so whole that we never hurt again. That's not realistic. What we're doing is we're just becoming more like Jesus and we're enjoying him in the process and we're saying yes to how he wants to shape and grow us. You can do this. So I think it'd be a good thing to ask yourself if you haven't or if you don't know. What season are you in right now? What is it that God is doing in your life? And are you really yielding to that theme? Are you letting him work that into your life? Or are you avoiding silently? Or are you outwardly resisting? Again, I can't encourage you enough. Don't resist what God wants to do. You might not understand it, but he knows what he's doing. So I'll be honest with you, I'm in a season of implementing and I'm in a process of realizing that's the season that I'm in. Again, I think I said this earlier, but over the fall, I really experienced a ton of learning. God was really imparting some new things to me and they felt very, very hard. And I kept telling the Lord, really, God, is there another option here I could be learning about? And he said, no, sweetie, this is what I've got for you. If I want to continue to move forward, then I have to say yes to him, right? If I want to continue to move forward in my faith, if I want to continue to take new ground, if I want to experience greater freedom for myself, if I want to release greater freedom over you, then I have to say yes to what he wants to do. And I have to make space in my life to build what he wants. Oof, that one is incredibly difficult. So I'll be over here implementing. I don't know what you'll be doing, but together we'll be giving our hearts fully to the Lord Jesus and having a grand old time doing it. Thank you for taking your time to listen today. We are becoming our best selves, which are the ones that look the most like Jesus. We're perfecting the art of being you, and I'm so glad to have you with us. Until next time, be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wortman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. 
Until next time, be blessed.